This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, February 9th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farm Bill Motives, Tax Incentive Stalemate, Disaster Provisions, Grassley Miffed on Biodiesel Credit, and Trump Talks Sorghum and TPP. No dairy and cotton, still plenty of reasons to pass a farm bill. The benefits for cotton and dairy producers included in the landmark budget deal have removed two big reasons to enact a new farm bill this year. That means that groups outside the dairy and cotton sectors will have to step up the pressure on Congress to move the legislation. One source of that pressure will come from supporters of the 39 farm bill programs that are expiring this year and have no future funding. The programs are small, but many have avid supporters on both sides of the aisle. The expiring programs include the value-added producer grants, which go to farmers and small-scale processors, and food insecurity nutrition incentive grants, which help low-income people buy fruits and vegetables. There also are a number of groups, including corn and soybean growers, seeking tweaks to the commodity and conservation programs. The budget deal certainly makes the farm bill less urgent for dairy and cotton, according to Greg Fogel, policy director for the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition. He said, but there are still dozens of top-line asks that are out there from members of Congress, farm and commodity groups, and others. Sam Willett of the National Corn Growers Association said, we don't believe that the budget deal will or should slow down the farm bill. There have been a lot of hearings and a lot of expectations raised. Deal on co-op deductions proves elusive. Key Republican senators worked to the deadline for the budget agreement to reach a deal that would resolve concerns about the new 199A tax benefit for cooperatives. But ultimately, the negotiations could not reach a deal that would satisfy both sides of the industry and pass muster with Senate Democrats. A source close to the Senate negotiations said one of the problems is that co-ops weren't unified on a last-minute deal splitting between larger and smaller co-op interests. A spokesman for the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives said its members had, quote, concerns that provisions of the latest proposal would have the unintended consequence of disadvantaging farmer co-ops in the marketplace. We presented two proposed solutions on the issue, but our understanding is they are not yet acceptable to the other side. The National Grain and Feed Association, whose members include Cargill and ADM, said it's still committed to reaching a deal with co-ops. National Grain and Feed Association President Randy Gordon said considerable progress has been made during the last several weeks of intensive effort toward reaching an equitable solution. Disaster provisions get fixed, too. The budget deal makes some important and permanent changes expanding USDA disaster programs. The Senate source, however, said the changes could be revisited during debate on the new farm bill. Among other things, the bill would eliminate the $125,000 per producer payment cap in the Livestock Indemnity Program, double the acreage eligible for tree assistance, and lift the $20 million annual cap on the emergency assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Fish Program. Grassley, one-year biodiesel credit broke pledge. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa is angry that the budget deal only restores the $1-a-gallon biodiesel tax credit for 2017. The tax subsidy elapsed at the end of 2016. 
The one-year extension, quote, is contrary to the promise I got from both the leadership of the Senate and the House, including a November 9th telephone conversation I had with House Speaker Paul Ryan, Grassley said yesterday speaking with reporters. Trump warned on sorghum and brings up TPP. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts used a meeting of GOP senators with President Trump this week to bring up concerns that the administration's trade fight with China will backfire on U.S. sorghum growers. Roberts says he also encouraged Trump to talk about the issues with Kansas farmer Jay Armstrong, who was a member of Trump's Agriculture Advisory Committee during the 2016 campaign. Trump said he would. Armstrong told AgriPulse he'd love to talk to the president but hadn't heard from him as of yesterday afternoon. China initiated a trade investigation of U.S. sorghum imports in the wake of U.S. trade actions on other issues. Robert says Trump also brought up the idea of rejoining the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now keep in mind, it's not clear how serious Trump is about returning to the TPP, but his administration certainly isn't dropping the idea. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue said earlier this week that he thinks Trump is serious about it, and Vice President Mike Pence reportedly brought up the idea this week during a stop in Japan. Rancher Group wants labels for lab-grown beef. U.S. Cattlemen's Association is petitioning the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service to restrict how lab-grown meat can be labeled. U.S. Cattlemen's Association President Kenny Grainer said, Accurate labeling of U.S. beef products has always been a number one priority for U.S. Cattlemen's Association. Members of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association voted last week at their convention to oppose allowing alternative protein sources to be labeled as beef product. Farm groups ramp up WOTUS fight. Farm groups are back in court seeking a nationwide injunction to halt implementation of the Waters of the U.S. rule, even as the Trump administration works to replace it. American Farm Bureau Federation, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the National Corn Growers Association, and the National Pork Producers Council are among the groups seeking the injunction in federal court in Texas. Their appeal follows a lawsuit by Democratic attorneys general seeking to stop EPA from delaying implementation of the rule. The farm groups say the risk that the WOTUS rule might come in and out of effect repeatedly over the coming years as new regulations are promulgated and new lawsuits are brought represents a manifest irreparable harm not only to the states and their sovereign interests but also to private landowners and business owners. Low pesticide levels on produce. More than 99% of all fruits and vegetables tested for pesticides in 2016 had residues well below the tolerances established by EPA. That according to the USDA's latest pesticide data program report. Nearly one quarter of the more than 10,000 samples tested had no detectable residue levels. Of the 48 samples with residues above the tolerance levels, 11 were cucumbers with corfinipure. Nine samples of spinach exceeded the tolerance for C-Velothrin, and four samples of spinach exceeded the level for Delamethrin. Well, here's today's He Said It. It was just a very good conversation. That Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas on the meeting between GOP Senators and President Trump on trade policy. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, February 9th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.